Filmmaking is not about the tiny details. It's about the big picture. But shouldn't I stop making movies and do something that counts, like like helping blind people or becoming a missionary? I want this picture to be a commentary on modern conditions, stark realism, the problems that confront the average man. But with a little six. A little, but I don't want to stress it. This whole thing is turning into a theatrical mockery. You understand that, Mike? No. <laughs> well, you will. Hey, everybody. It's another episode of uh, Some Kind of Movie, our movie review thing where we find out what kind of movie a movie is <laughs> a good movie bad movie or in between i guess i didn't know that that was the concept behind this uh, that's what i'm thinking it is i don't know i was not there uh for the inception of this idea although i am here as the host of this episode and i'm sean lemmy and i have a co-host this week and and who is that uh colin westman Oh, hey, Colin. Oh, hey. How's it going? Uh, it's going all right. Yeah? Yeah. Did you see uh, Louis C.K. host SNL? Um, I watched the first, like, 15 minutes, and I was like, eh, whatever. Did you see the, the, the Louis parody, Lincoln? No, I heard about it. That was all I should right. probably watch that. Was that good? It was all right. It was, it was fun. Yeah, it's a funny idea. Mm-hmm. Executed well enough. <laughs> I just bring that up because uh, in the opening sketch, which I thought was really boring, uh, I did like one part when Fred Armisen said in Spanish to the uh, Hispanic community of New York City, uh, white people are without power, they're without cable, they're going to miss Homeland this is literally the worst thing that has ever happened to them. Please go easy on them. <laughs> and uh, we're recording this at just about 9 o'clock on a Sunday night. So we got some Homeland coming up. So let's do this thing. Uh, this The movie we're going to uh, find out what kind of movie it is this time is uh, Flight. It's Robert Zemeckis's newest film his first flesh movie since 2000 you could say uh live action is that you had to make it sound like a porno <laughs> no no it's not a porno it is a uh there's a movie with with people performing Real in front of the cameras flesh yes yeah. <laughs> uh he's been on this kick of realistic CG movies like Beowulf and that Christmas Carol from a few years ago. And uh, I think Castaway was his last live action movie, as you call it. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. And uh, so Flight has one of the coolest openings to a movie I've seen this year. Uh, It's... It's uh, Denzel Washington as this guy, uh, Whip Whitaker, uh, waking up in a hotel room with this naked lady and getting yelled at by his ex-wife on the phone, and he's yelling at her, and then he's drinking beer, and he does a line of Coke, and then he walks off, and we find out the man is an airplane pilot, and he's about to fly a commercial flight from, uh, I think, Orlando to Atlanta. 
And everyone's like, whoa, this guy's a little fucked up. <laughs> it's, it's pretty jarring. And, uh, well, as it happens, uh, the, the plane is in a, well, there's some sort of horrific malfunction on the plane. And uh, he just kind of amazingly lands it uh, with with very few casualties. And, and, the, and the story kind of kicks off from there uh, with the investigation into the accident and uh, and us learning more about this man, Whip. And, I don't know, I just, I thought the movie asked a lot of interesting questions in, in, in the first part, and it didn't really deliver on them in the end. And, and so, I guess I leave it kind of disappointed. What about you? I liked it. I think it <laughs> probably had some flaws that did kind of come in the second act, I suppose. But I don't know. I I guess the reason I'm sort of drawn in by this movie is mainly because of Denzel Washington. Like, I, I feel like I haven't really <laughs> seen him do anything that challenging in a while. And this material, I think, could have felt a little bit like a Hollywoodized version of what it is to be an addict. But I feel like his performance is so grounded that, I don't know, I kind of I kind of cling to that character and was always drawn in what he was going through. Yeah, uh, I, I, I think the joke I made uh, after watching... Uh, unstoppable was it seems like Denzel is just choosing roles where he can spend most of the movie sitting down these days <laughs> and uh, he does he actually does do a lot of sitting in this movie too. he does <laughs> a lot of laying down too <laughs> passed out uh, but but he has to play a whole lot of different kinds of fucked up in this movie I mean various degrees of of going through withdrawals and, and being drunk and being high. And uh, I'd say it's mostly pretty good. It's a pretty strong performance from him. Um, maybe not one that'll win him awards, but certainly one that could win him award consideration. Yeah, I think he definitely deserves to at least be nominated. Um, yeah, I mean, it's one of those performances that's very insular, I guess. You, it's not one that's super showy, and Denzel's a guy that can go showy. He's a super charismatic guy, but I feel like with this one, he he lets the darkness set in. I don't think he's trying to make this guy necessarily likable, but he's certainly compelling. I, I was definitely surprised by how much this movie was about... Um, being an alcoholic i mean you don't really quite get that from the trailer yeah i, I kind of felt like it might be more of a sort of uh i don't know courtroom procedural i guess more about sort of the trial of of him <laughs> being under the the influence of alcohol while performing this amazing feat but it's kind of more of just him sort of dealing, you know, with his own personal demons. And I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, I guess that's what disappointed me, though, because 
the the opening of this movie to me set up a, a bunch of interesting questions. Most importantly, if the wrong person is in the wrong situation but does the right thing, does he deserve to be punished for that? Uh, I mean, uh, it, it, pretty early on, it's clear that Denzel is is Whip Whitaker is facing a like life in prison for this crash. And and that's an interesting question of do you believe he should go to to jail for the rest of his life uh even though he was the only person who could you know save any lives nonetheless most of the lives in this horrific crash. But the the movie doesn't really go anywhere with that. It just kind of drops it off in favor of focusing on his self-destructive ways which i guess is fine it's just not as interesting to me i mean i've i've seen addict movies before i've never seen crazy crash movie like this before and and then another thing is it it sets up uh the idea of, of divine influence uh that that it was god that made whip the pilot of this of this flight and you know it's not just a coincidence it's it's providence that he ends up in the hospital at the same time as um Nicole is that her name the the <laughs> Kelly Riley I think is the actress who's not in the trailers at all but is actually one of the main characters in the movie yeah uh and then not only do do people basically stop talking about god and whether this was fate or not but the the character that she plays basically disappears from the movie. I'm not. I don't know. I was kind of. I was kind of okay that she disappeared from the movie, because I think at that point, that was kind of the last straw. Where it's like, yeah, he's alone. He <laughs> he has to fucking stop what he's doing. But then you, it's kind of tragic that he he just can't. Um, I kind of agree that it does set up those questions about, uh, faith and what was the other one you were talking about? Well, I was talking about, uh, does he deserve to be put in jail? Um, yeah. For, though, yeah. for saving lives. Yeah. It, it doesn't really delve into those. Um, in the later half of the movie, which it definitely could have. That's that's a bit of a letdown, I'll agree. Um, <laughs> do we want to get into spoilers at all? Uh, Yeah, why not? Let's okay. say this is the spoiler mark, and then, I don't know, at the end of spoilers, I'll write down a time and tell people to skip to that part if they haven't seen this yet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, I mean, I think the weird scene in the movie is when he does get drunk right before he's about to be called to the stand at this, I don't know, hearing on on what happened in the flight. And all the characters agree that the best thing to do is get him hopped up on coke so he... (laughs) So he'll be alert enough to to give his deposition or whatever. And at that point, it is kind of like, 
why would these people support this? It seems like such a bad idea. What what are they trying to say morally about the film that <laughs> this is the right thing that the character should be doing? But at the same time, I did find the scene where he kind of comes to grips in the in front of everybody at the deposition and admitting that he's an addict. I found that scene pretty moving, actually. So it's kind of a weird, weird thing that they took such a strange turn to get there. I don't know. I'm kind of mixed about that ending. Yeah, it just it didn't work for me. Didn't work for you? Uh, like Don, John Don Cheadle's character was. You could tell he he wasn't a good guy. He cared more about winning than what was right. I mean, that mm-hmm. was clear from the very beginning. But I thought Bruce Greenwood was a more complex person. You know, I thought he cared about uh, Denzel enough that he would not be about giving him drugs, especially after, you know, letting him live in his house for eight days to make sure he stayed sober. And and then, like, at the actual hearing scene, you know, with him yelling up, objection, objection, and then the guy... And the, yeah, it's like, why would he do that? Yeah. <laughs> Is this guy become, like, <laughs> completely corruptible? I don't, I don't understand. That said, it did let us get John Goodman back, which I'm all about. John Goodman's a lot of fun in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure that he needed to be in this movie, but yeah, he definitely brings some lightness to a an otherwise kind of morose, dark film. Yeah, he, he's always fun to watch. Yeah, I don't know. It's just and and after the hearing when he's like, it's like months later and he's in jail and being sober means he's totally enlightened now and can reconnect with his son. It's just, uh, I'm not buying it, you know? Yeah, I didn't buy the thing with his son. I don't know why they even had to put that scene in the movie. I figured once he was in jail, that could have been it. And that kind of seems like a thing that maybe Robert Zemeckis kind of, it seems like he had that problem with Castaway. Uh, There was that whole, like, 20-minute sequence where Tom Hanks is back on land trying to make sense of problems with his wife or whatever but it didn't seem necessary it seemed like that movie could have ended when uh the boat came to save him from the island and this movie seemed like it could have ended when he was sent to jail really but at least i guess that's kind of a dark way to end it but at at least with castaway it's like dramatically satisfying you know he his wife or Maybe his his fiance. I don't really remember. Maybe, I don't was remember. his motivation to come back, and you know it's interesting to see how the world changed while he was gone, and you know gave us closure on the on the package thing, which was a, a device I, I didn't really buy into in the, in that movie. But whatever, uh, I could live with with those choices. Here, you know, it just it didn't it didn't feel like it earned. The, the I get like coda at the end of this movie, it was. They just took it because it's a Hollywood movie and should probably have a happy ending, so they can do a sequel, where Denzel's the only pilot left in America and he has to fly the president to safety. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> you think that's the sequel? Right. Flight, yeah. Flight to Africa. I mean, it's interesting seeing this movie compared to something like Shame, which is the movie from last year, which was about sex addiction starring mm-hmm. Michael Fassbender. And that movie uh, ends on a much bleaker note. The guy doesn't really admit that he has a problem. He kind of just <laughs> kind of just breaks down and everything in his life has kind of gone to shit. And then there's – yeah, then in the final scene, uh, you see this indication that no, he he has not been healed he has not recovered from his addiction. It is something that cannot <laughs> cannot be stopped completely. And I mean, that's obviously a much more indie film than this. But oh, it's interesting seeing that comparison. Yeah, well, but that feels like the ending that this movie earned. They just, or it needed to be, you know, forty minutes longer and and have him go through, you know. A breakdown in recovery. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm gonna say that's the end of the spoiler talk. Uh, and if you skipped it, I think Colin and I agree the ending is is a little weak and kind of hurts the film. To me, it hurts it more than I think it hurts you. Yeah, I think so. Um, good cast though, John Goodman, great. All the time, it's hilarious ponytail. Uh, he's playing like uh, I don't know if he's just his friend or if he's just his drug dealer, but they seem yeah, to like each they other. They seem pretty tight. Uh, oh, and this is something that bothered me. Why does he have a bunch of money in his fridge? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's weird. I forgot about that. I guess, was it, I guess maybe just money to pay for drugs. I don't <laughs> he has know. to keep it separate from the rest of his money. I guess because it's in cash, and he—I don't know. Whenever he needs a fix, he just has that stack of <laughs> bills that he can pay for drugs with. I don't know. Uh, who else? Oh, uh, James Badge Dale showed up. Yeah, he's also in shame. Guys, so he's like your go-to addiction guy, apparently. Yeah, he's got troubles. Uh, he plays... Not that he's an addict in either of those movies. But... Hey, he's addicted to cigarettes in this. I suppose, if you could call that an addiction. Why not? Anything can be an addiction. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, he was good, but of course he was in the, like, is this fate part of the movie? Before they abandoned that. Before they just delved deep into his problems. Whip. That's a funny name. Mm-hmm. Well, well, I think we've kind of <laughs> talked through the entire movie, basically. Yeah, so uh, the question is uh, if you like this. What should you look for in the Robert Zemeckis filmography? Well, I don't think I'm necessarily the person to ask, but 
he seems like he's gotten the reputation as sort of a knockoff Spielberg, which is kind of a little fair, not completely fair. I mean, you look at something like Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and I don't think Spielberg was ever really delving into the possibility of special effects the way Zemeckis did something really kind of unique with that film in, uh, you know, putting live action and cartoon people together. Uh, Yeah, it's a really fun movie. It's also got kind of this 40s sort of detective thing going on, kind of crossed with all this sort of slapstick cartoon hijinks going on. Yeah, I've never seen it. Yeah, that was a weird one because I watched it, I don't know, maybe when I was four years old probably, and I basically felt like I hadn't seen it because I didn't remember it at all, and then I saw it again couple of years ago it's probably like 20 at the time and it's uh it's good it's not amazing i'm not in love with it but if you're looking for a fun time something you can sit down and watch the kids with it's good of course gotta talk about back to the future i know we have on this podcast a lot it's good. It says so, uh, Romancing the Stone. It's an, an earlier one. It's like rom-com Indiana Jones. Yeah, basically. Danny DeVito. Hell yeah. I forgot he was in that. He's like the bad guy, maybe. I wish I remembered more about these movies that we're talking about. And then, of course, there's Forrest Gump. I guess, yeah. Zemeckis also, like Spielberg, got a little more dramatic, a little more Oscar-hungry in the 90s. (laughs) (laughs) Forrest Gump, and he did Contact, which I saw when I was probably like eight years old. It seemed okay. (laughs) I think you could go with okay for Contact. Okay, yeah, okay. Uh, I feel like sometimes people talk about how it sucks. The ending's stupid. The ending is stupid. It's way too long. And uh, I don't know. I guess I give it a pass because they're trying to do like a somewhat Jesus. believable, somewhat based in reality. It is like, long. I didn't know it was two and a half hours. Oh, yeah. I watched it in a, in an eighth grade science class. and It took like a week. Yeah. Um, Anyways, but, I interrupted you. So I, I, I give it kind of a pass because it's it's interesting as like a more realistic depiction of what it would be like if we made contact with, with aliens. I mean, obviously, it's, it's still, I'm sure, riddled with factual problems, and <laughs> and that ending is is weird. But it didn't bother me as much as the ending of Flight. So. I don't know. Maybe I got problems on my own. <laughs> Maybe you do. Uh, then there was Castaway. Castaway is good. Although, deadly. it did have such a deadly <laughs> connotation for your family. Terrible things happen in my family every time one of us watches Castaway. Starting with the first time we watched it and my <laughs> grandfather died. Like, 
a day later or like within a week or something it just it wreaks havoc on us <laughs> and I don't take it that seriously but my dad does and out of respect for him I have not seen Castaway since I saw it in theaters and you know the tragedy started Any interest in his CG films? Beowulf, Polar Express, Christmas Carol? Uh, I've seen Polar Express. <laughs> I ended up seeing it. Um, I don't, it was on Christmas. I don't know. Maybe five years ago. And I was just at my aunt and uncle's house. And that's always the bad part of Christmas. Because it's just boring. And I have nothing to do. Was it no one to talk to. Was it on Christmas? It was Christmas, yeah. Oh, so you had like just got your presents. And you're like, I, I just wanna, got my presents. I want to play with these. I'll play like, with these. Nope. Got to go hang out with my aunt and uncle. Maybe the cousins were there. I don't know. It's always questionable if they'll show up. And so we watched Polar Express, and we all enjoyed it. I thought it was fine. I feel like... Some people think that the animation is creepy. It didn't bug me at the time. Uh, yeah, it's fun to see Tom Hanks playing multiple characters. Yeah. It was all right. It's fun and to there see was, Tom Hanks. Yeah. And there was Beowulf, which seemed like it was a pretty big deal at the time. I feel like that was the first movie that used... 3D in like the new modern way that we know it as now with the real D glasses. I kind of want to believe that Zemeckis really wanted to make this movie and he really wanted Ray Winstone to play Beowulf, but he just was not happy with Ray Winstone's body. (laughs) He couldn't get ripped for the role. Couldn't get nearly fit enough for the part. Because remember, this movie has like a long naked fight scene. Yeah, that was, <laughs> was kind of sweet in like a really dumb kind of way. It's like, fuck you, fuck you naked. Yeah, well, I am Beowulf. And he was fighting, you know, the weird child thing. It was all yelly and gross. That was pretty sweet. Yeah. And the rest of it got kind of boring, though. Yeah, it seemed like he was just kind of fighting dudes for two hours. But remember when they that... point that spear and it's like pointing at us in the audience? Yeah. It was kind of weird looking. Yeah. <laughs> wonder what it looks like in 2D. It looks kind of just weird. Yep. But yeah, that seems to be the kind of the crux of his career is he's been trying to push, I guess... <laughs> technological boundaries with filmmaking but I don't know I'm okay when he does live action like with Castaway or Forrest Gump yeah that's probably better uh, as Tom far Hanks as movies, you know. yeah just get Tom Hanks to do stuff as far as Denzel movies uh, if you're looking for some some of his fine work uh, probably Glory is a good starting point. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's alright. Malcolm X is the first movie I remember him starring in. 
He's great. That was a great movie. He yeah. He owns that movie. He's fantastic in that role. That's just something you should see. Uh, yeah. Much Ado About Nothing I really enjoy. Uh, more than most people because I find it very amusing that uh, his brother is Keanu Reeves. <laughs> it's, it's just... Some people are going to be like, oh no, Keanu Reeves doing Shakespeare is terrible. But me... <laughs> moi. Fantastic. <laughs> It sounds kind of terrible. Uh, there's, you know, the Pelican Brief, Philadelphia. Uh, he got game. Yeah, if you if you like the way Spike Lee directed him in Malcolm X, mayhaps you should watch. He got game. Uh, never seen the Hurricane, but never. I have heard the Bob Dylan song. That's that's practically as good. I'll, I'll assume. I assume it's better. Uh, Inside Man, one. I feel like everyone's seen at this point. Deja Vu, I would not recommend. Based on you the fact that? that I fell asleep on an airplane watching it, <laughs> and it's hard to fall asleep on an airplane. Let's be real. It's uh, not that hard. You just have to kind of be really sleepy. Uh, I would say probably of his transportation theme movies, Flight is the best. Uh, although better uh, than Unstoppable. Yeah, the Tony Scott movie Unstoppable is, is kind of fun because it's just so silly that it's an out of control train and they have so much trouble stopping it. And he is sitting down for almost entirely the whole movie. <laughs> Uh, but there's also the taking of Pelham one two tree one two I said tree one, one two, two tree, tree. <laughs> which is a remake of what I hear is a good movie. I've seen the original. Yeah, it's pretty good. But apparently Tony Scott not really bringing it. Oh really? Is is he the guy robbing the train? No. Um, he's the Walter Matthau part. Yeah, he's like he's just sitting in the control room trying to talk him through. I bet he sits down a lot in that one. Yeah, it's uh, John Travolta, I think, is the guy. Yeah, taking. Uh, probably the the last good Denzel movie I saw was The Book of Eli, um, which was written by Gary Whitta, I think, who's cool guy he writes video games and other stuff now and he used to write for i think pc gamer magazine so he's hella credible in, in the circles i run uh it's a hughes brothers movie you know the from hell guys i thought they were the menace to society guys oh they're the same guys <laughs> well yeah just depends on how you look at it. Uh, it's it's a it's a fun movie. It's got a uh, Gary Oldman as as a villain, which it's kind of a nice throwback because Gary Oldman doesn't play a lot of villains anymore. But it, you know, it's a nice reminder that oh yeah, Gary Oldman, pretty good at playing crazy villains. <laughs> and I think uh, Tom Waits is in this. If you looking for more Tom Waits performances after uh, Seven Psychopaths. 
don't know, it's a cool movie. Post-apocalyptic thriller about a man and a book. A man's named Eli. The book is called Spoiler. I'm not going to tell you the name of the book. <laughs> you had me going there for literally a second. Nice little twist at the end, though. A twist ending that I'm like, all right. All right. <laughs> what does that mean? Does that mean you buy it? Does that mean you think it's ridiculous? Or is that like, well, you know, they came this far. It might as well have happened. I think it's a little a little of the first, a little of the third one. Uh, okay. It's one of those ones where you're like, I think people might have figured this out earlier. But... <laughs> Mm. Whatever. The movie's ending anyway. <laughs> okay. So, Colin, Flight, what kind of movie is it? I'd say it's a, a decent movie. Decent's a good word. Not not great. Not bad. But it's decent. Yeah, it's decent. And uh, look for a review on MildlyPlease.com from Kevin... My little brother, uh, he's probably, I don't know, but he's probably going to take a very, very hard look at the crash sequence and the ending of the movie and probably Just not talk the, about anything we talked about. Yeah, mostly the technical logistics of the film. Which, you know, good for him. Uh, in the meantime you are listening to this on iTunes, you can expect a new episode of Top Ten Thursdays on Thursday. We'll be doing the Top Ten James Bond theme songs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that'll be cool. Music one. Mm-hmm. Well, Stop People are so sick of movies. But guess what? They got a lot coming. So just keep on listening. Keep on waiting. And who knows, we might even do another one of these sometime. Or or John and uh Michael might do sounds, one sounds right. too. Those guys seem way more prepared. So. <laughs> well, I didn't know we'd be doing this until a half hour ago. Yeah. 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 Well. Uh see ya.